helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Welcome to the Life Transformation Radio Show, where we explore a wide range of topics. These topics are aimed at helping you transform your life for the better. In today's episode, we will be discussing birth order and its impact on our personalities. And specifically, we will be focusing on the only child. Those of you who have listened to the previous episodes will know that we have covered uh, three other types of children, the the oldest child, the middle child, and the youngest child. And today, part four, we will be looking at the only child. Being an only child comes with its own unique set of advantages and disadvantages. And these advantages and disadvantages can shape the world, the way a person view the world, how they approach challenges in life. And research has shown that it, it determines a person's personality traits. In this episode, we will be exploring the positive traits associated with being an only child using biblical examples to illustrate the points. We will also delve into the personality traits and discuss the pitfalls associated with being an only child. And then we will look at solutions for parents, how parents can help to prepare their only child. If you're raising an only child, uh, or you can help to prepare, prepare that child for success in the world. So whether you're an only child yourself, whether you are the parent of an only child, or simply interested in understanding the complexities of human personality, this episode is for you. So sit back, relax, and join us as we explore this fascinating world of birth order and its impact on our lives. So Let's now look at some of the traits of being an only child. And we're going to be using a biblical example, as I said before. The biblical example that I'll be using here is the prophet Samuel. We know how the biblical story goes that Samuel was given up to the priest Eli to to raise and to train him in the things of the Lord. So Samuel grew up apart from his parents, apart from siblings. And uh, we don't know if Hannah had other children. There are some resources that say that she did have other children after Samuel. But Samuel would be considered an only child because he would be away from his siblings. Yes, in the household that he grew up with in, Eli had two other sons. But these two sons were much older than Samuel, and they were not his brothers. So we use Samuel as an example of an only child. And let's look at some of the the traits. One of the traits that we know of only child of an only child is that they can be they can have great leadership abilities. And we see this leadership ability in Samuel. Samuel was serving in the temple of the Lord since he was a child. Since he was a child, seven years old, he began to to, to serve the Lord in, in the temple. And we see that Samuel grew up 
and became more and more interested in the things of the Lord. So he had this leadership ability that started from a very young age. And we would see that leadership ability later on in the career of Samuel in how he carried out the tasks that God wanted him to do, how he bravely anointed David as king, how he confronted King Saul. And it t- it takes a lot of leadership ability and uh, internal fortitude to be intestinal fortitude to be able to act as this prophet who is boldly declaring the word of the Lord even in in, in times where it might place him in danger. Another thing we know about uh, only children is that because they're the only one and they get this attention, all of this attention from their parents, they tend to have a very strong attachment with their parent. And as a result of that, one of the impact of having that strong attachment to a parent is that this could have potentially influence or this could have influence on the child's attachment to God. You see, our parents are the first authority figure that we come across in life. And if you have a strong attachment, especially with loving parents who are caring and nurturing, and of course, only children tend to to get a lot of attention from their parents. So, there, there is this uh, possible correlation that they will also have a strong attachment to God as a result. And so we see this in the example of Samuel. And we see that he seemed to have had a very good relationship with Eli, even though Eli was not his birth father. Father, because when he had that dream in the night, or not dream, but when he heard this voice calling to him in the night, he was just a young boy and he heard this voice and he thought that Eli was the one calling him and he went to Eli. It shows that there is this relationship where this child is not afraid to approach Eli even in the middle of the night where he has just woken up. And we see this warm conversation happening between Eli and Samuel, where Eli is instructing Samuel as to what to do if he hears the voice again. And Eli instructs Samuel that if he is to hear the voice again, he is to say, Speak, Lord, for your servant heareth. And so we see that Samuel has been, it has this strong attachment to Eli, a parent figure, and it later translates into this strong attachment with God. And so uh, only children can have a very strong attachment to God if they are from a loving, caring uh, home where they, they have this strong connection with their parents. Another thing that we know about uh, only children is that they they tend to be very loyal. Children who are, who are born into families where they're the only child, they tend to be very loyal. They're the one that is most, the, the type of child that is most likely to move far away from home because they have this sense that they, they need to be there for their parents. They're the only one 
who is who is going to be available to help their aging parents. So they have this sense of loyalty from a very young age. They are it. They are the resource that their parents may depend on as they age. So as a result of this very strong connection and and them being the, the only child in that family system, they tend to develop a very great sense of loyalty wherever they go and in, in whichever organization they work. Or if they're on a team, they're very loyal to, to that team. And so we see in the case of Samuel that he was also very loyal to God. When God spoke to him and Told he gave him instruction. We see Samuel time and time again faithfully carrying out the the, 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 the work that God had called him to. In First Samuel seven and verse fifteen and sixteen, we read the following words: And Samuel judged Israel all the days of his life, and he went from year to year in circuit to Bethel and Gilgal al and Mispeh, and judged Israel in all those places. A judge was a kind of leader of the people. And we are told that Samuel in those days, once he became a judge, he did it for all his life. And he faithfully went year after year on this circuit where he had to travel uh, miles to go from one place to the other fulfilling his duties. So to me, that that takes a lot of uh, dedication to a task. And yes, people, children who are, uh, who are born as own the child in a family tend to be very loyal. And here are some other traits, and I, I won't be able to go into detail with all of these traits, but only children tend to be very mature as well. You see, they grow up around uh, uh, being around uh, adults most of the time. If they have a, a two parents in the household, then they're around these two parents. They are not around children. So they tend to act very mature for their age, and they tend to act adult-like. And another feature is that they tend to be more creative as well. Some of the most famous entertainers of today were only children growing up. So Drake, for example, was an only child. The Weeknd was an only child. And Adele was an only child. And sometimes I wonder if these artists were... Uh, had more siblings in their family, would they have the time to perfect their craft and to, to, to become so creative? And so there is some evidence that seemed to suggest that only children tend to be more creative. And another feature of only children is that they tend to be more independent. Only children may have more opportunities to develop independence and self-reliance since they do not have siblings with whom they can rely on for for help and support. So as a result, they become more independent and more self-reliant. They may learn to be more self-reliant and better able to handle situations on their own 
as a result of having to depend on themselves uh, to solve problems, not having uh, an older sibling, for example, who could help them to, to problem solve. Additionally, they, they, they may have more time to themselves to pursue their interests and their hobbies. And so they, even their parents may have more resources uh, to, to put towards the development of their hobbies because they are it. There are no more expenses that is going to, to any other child in the family. So these, these, uh, only child, only children tend to, tend to be more independent as a result. And yes, we talked about creativity. Creativity could also tie into uh, parents being able to give resources for them to develop the skills that they are interested in. Well, now let us look at some of the the pitfalls of being an only child. And one of the, the first pitfall is that only children can sometimes become selfish, never having to share they they grow up uh, they can grow up with a sense that everything belongs to them and this is this was the scenario in their household they never learned to share with a sibling so they can go into adult relationships romantic relationships later on in life having this sense that what I have belongs to me. And there, there is the, there can be this possessiveness that sometimes affect the relationship where there is not this sense of common ownership because they never had to share. So they tend to be very possessive of the things that they have. And this can negatively impact an adult relationship where the other person may be from a family where everything is shared. And so this person may think, well, you have this item and I can use it as well. For an only child, this may, be, may seem very strange because they have never had to share anything. So arguments may, may ensue as a result of something that belongs to the only child being used by a spouse who grew up with many sibling around. There may also be conflict adverse because if you grew up in a household situation where there is no other child in the family where where you are the only child and you don't have these squabbles with your siblings you never have a situation where you had to 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 to, to resolve a conflict with siblings in your household and if this is if if there is not opportunity for you to interact with kids on a regular basis elsewhere, only an only child could grow up lacking, uh, being being conflict adverse, and they may also lack conflict resolution skills because part of having siblings and having to interact with siblings in such close quarters is that you learn to to resolve conflict you learn how to how to deal with with differences of opinions how to how to speak up when you're hurt how to how to how to get your needs met in situations where someone might be selfish and so in a situation where that is not the case we find that an only child can lack conflict 
resolution skills. So maybe you're in a relationship with someone uh, who is an older child and you're identified with some of what we are talking about here because when someone lacks conflict resolution skill or they're conflict adverse, they, they tend to shy away from conflict or they tend not to know how to speak up about conflicts. And so it can uh, put a drain on an, on, adult relationships in a romantic setting where uh, you have issues that are not being talked about, are not being solved, and it weighs down on the relationship. So that's one of the danger. Another danger, uh, I should say uh, pitfalls of uh, an only child, is that they may be risk adverse. So owner child child may may not be inclined to take risk because of being overprotected or overindulged by their parents. And this could, this could hinder, there we talk about being independent. Independent as being one of the qualities, but you could also be another side where if you have parents who are overprotected, protective of an only child, that this child doesn't learn to be independent. They're, they're risk adverse and they don't take any chances because they grew up, uh, being coddled and protected by their parents. So this could be a problem in in life, for example, in financial issues later on in life where uh, this only child may marry to a spouse who is comfortable with taking risks because they weren't cuddled as child as children. By cuddled, I mean they weren't overprotected. They grew up around risk. They know what it is to take risk and to to be resilient, to bounce back from from failure. And so, if an only child hasn't experienced that, then in a in a romantic relationship, you could have this tension where the the the, the spouse who grew up around sibling and is comfortable with risk want to invest in certain investments whereas the child who is who is an only child is risk adverse and isn't willing to take any risk to, to invest or to, to to embark on a new career or to do something that involve risk and so this could create a problem in relationships Michael will be right back You have been listening to the Life Transformation Show where award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services has continued the series on birth order, traits, pitfalls, and solutions. This week is focusing on the only child. You can find out more about us at elimcounselingministry.com or by calling 1-877-204-2914 where you can also make a donation to this Christ-centered ministry. Your donations help us to stay on the air and to provide subsidized counseling to those who can't afford it. Back to Michael. So now let's talk a little about uh, advice to parents. If you're a parent of an only child, this section is very vital and important for you as a parent. Now, there is a window of time that you have before your child grows up and leave that household. And you have an opportunity while that child is with you 
to nurture this older child in a way that can help them to overcome some of those uh, potential pitfalls that we talk about. And also to, to nurture and gear those strengths in such a way that it, it will make them most uh, successful later on in life. So here are some of the things that you should do if you're a parent of an only child. First, you should find activities to engage your child with their peers. Team sports are, are one good way of doing so. And social groups, there might be social groups that you can join, have your child join where they're interacting with others. And I'm not talking about uh, social group where they're only structured activities and then the, the child... The, the children never engage with each other outside of those structured activities. Because I think when you have children together and there's an adult present where that adult is a coach and that adult is given instruction, the children are not interacting at the level of children. They are focusing on the activity and the, instru- and the instructions. So you want to find activities to engage your child with their peers and not just in structured activities. So here are some of the things that uh, I'm talking about here. You could have just a play day for the kids where the, you, you, you invite other kids over that are around the same age and you have them uh, spend time a day at your house just having a play day for kids where you're not who hoovering over them and giving them instructions and leading their play. You're just letting them be kids. This is where your own child is going to learn uh, conflict resolution, is going to learn that they have to share. Let them work out their differences as kids and do not intervene unless it's it's absolutely necessary so find activities so so play days are one activities and and if you, if it's a structured activity where there's a coach giving exam giving instructions there might be a time frame after where if you don't have to rush off immediately as that activity is over let the kids interact with other let your child interact with other children uh, for as long as you can before rushing away from that activity. Because sometimes we have these structured practices like soccer practices and we drop the child off immediately off immediately when the activity starts and we pick them up immediately at the end. And there is absolutely no no uh, interaction, no no child-to-child interaction that takes place there. So let, the, let your child stay back a little. Don't rush off. That 10, 15 minutes every week where you can just let the children socialize and play for a little while before leaving will add up to a lot of time in the long run. So those are some of the ways in which you can find activities to involve your child with. And another uh, way, another thing that you should do as a parent is that you should set realistic expectation for your only child. Only children sometimes feel a burden from parents because all the parents' hopes and dreams are wrapped up in in them. And they feel pressured to achieve. They feel pressured to win those scholarships. They feel pressured to succeed at the sports that they play. 
And these kind of expectations can sometimes turn a child away from the very thing that you want them to be successful at. So set realistic expectation. They, they, let, the, let the child determine what it is that they enjoy, what is the sport that they want to play, and guide them along their passion. What I find in a lot of situations with older children is that the vision comes from the parent. I want you to 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 play the piano and to and and to be a, a music concert artist and the child has no interest in that and so that's not a realistic expectation because if you are pushing a child in something that they are not interested in it doesn't matter how much you force them how much money you spend eventually when the child is old enough, they are going to drop that thing that they are not interested in and they're going to gravitate to something that they are passionate about. So try to find what it is that your child is passionate about. Set realistic expectation and guide your child in that area. And another uh, a thing that you should avoid as parent is avoid being their constant entertainment. Some parents who have an only child feel that they have to, as long as they're with the child, they have to be the child's source of entertainment. And I like that uh, biblical story about Eli and Samuel, the boy, Samuel at, at eight years old. And so when Samuel had heard this voice and it's in the middle of the night and he goes to Eli and says, Eli, did you call me? After Eli answered no, uh, I think it was three times he answered no. And then Eli said to him, if you hear the voice again, say, speak, Lord, your servant hears. If this was a modern day situation, the parent would feel, I have to go to that room to hear the voice that this, that my son is talking about. I have to be there to hear and to, to deal with that voice myself. So Eli was smart enough to realize that I need to teach this child to do something on his own. If he's going to learn how to deal with the voice of God, I can't be there with him when he's hearing that voice. I have to give him the instructions and leave him alone to figure it out for himself. So Eli wisely gave Samuel the instruction and left it up to him to figure out to, 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 to put it in practice. So many, uh, a parent of own the child feel that they have to be there to make every decision. They have to entertain the child, uh, for every minute of the day that they're there. And they, because of that, they hinder the child's development and self-reliance and creativity and all of those positive gifts that we talked about earlier on in the show. So don't be their constant entertainment. Don't feel as if you have to do everything for them or you have to be there to solve every problem for them. 
And so we have quickly come to the end of today's show, and I want to thank you for being with us as we go through this series. If you missed the first three parts of the series where we did the the eldest child, the middle child, and the youngest child, then you can access those videos on our YouTube channel. If you missed last week's show where we did the love quiz, I've got, I've gotten a few calls from that about that show. And so if, if you want to rate your relationship or to figure out how your relationship is doing, you can also watch that video on our YouTube. It's called the Love Quiz and it was a Valentine's uh, week special where we looked at 10 things, 10 things that uh, are 10 aspects that you can are 10 factors to rate your relationship so you can find that there as well so i want to also remind you that we are a not-for-profit organization that count on your support to stay on the air if you are new to our ministry you can find out more about us at elimcounselingministry.com elim is spelled e-l-i-m counseling with two l's ministry.com and we're on the air every Monday morning at 9.30. So be sure to tune in next week when we will have another show lined up for you. So until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services, praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and to keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.